much for joining us today on episode number 184 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to be addressing six of the top running mistakes that most runners are making. So you better stay tuned because you don't want to be making one of these mistakes. We'll talk about why people are doing them, what they're doing, and how they can fix them. So stay tuned. This is the Real Life Runners podcast and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so today we're talking about mistakes that runners are making and how you can avoid them. Yeah, avoiding them would be super key. Yeah, I mean, we're, we don't, we're not just going to tell you what mistakes you're making, right? I mean, because that also has a very negative connotation. Like, <laughs> Here's all the things you're doing wrong. Right. Thanks, so, see you next week. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be like the top five things hiding in your fridge that might kill you tonight at 11. You might have eaten this for dinner. Catch you at 11. <laughs> No, we are on a mission to help runners run without pain, run without injury, feel joyful, just feel good in the process of running. So we want to help shine a light on some things that you could be doing that could be halting your progress or sending you in the wrong direction completely. Yeah, you took one of the things I wanted to highlight there of running with less joy. Like, let's bring as much joy to running as possible. Yes, for like, sure. Sure, there's a lot of other benefits. Everybody knows all the health benefits to it, but let's let's bring some joy to running as, as well. It should be a fun activity. Absolutely, and if you're not finding joy in running... Why not? Like, let's figure out what's going wrong so that you can actually love it and enjoy it and get all of the health benefits and the mental benefits and all of the amazing life benefits that you can gain as a runner. So before we jump into the episode today, we just want to remind you to go get signed up for our free five-day running challenge. Yes, five-day challenge. These are the best. These are the best. We're going to be launching a new live five-day challenge next week. So that starts Monday, February 15th, um, and it runs through the 19th. Go get signed up today at fivedayrunningchallenge.com. It's The whole challenge is free. We're going to walk you through helping you to become a better runner, helping you to run stronger, faster, and longer without injury, without boredom, without just wasting your time. Yeah, no one wants to waste their time. Let's, yeah. let's do it the right way. Let's, let's get faster. Let's run longer. And let's smile while we do it. Exactly. So we are going to explain to you our Real Life Runners training system where we train your mind body and skills for success. We're going to give you five days of action items. So if you don't run every day, not to worry, you can still do this challenge because only three of the days are running related items and two of the days are non-running related items. Because if you've been listening to us for any amount of time, you know that we believe in a balance of training. You need running days, you need different types of running, and you need strength days, and you need all sorts of things to help support you as a runner and help turn you into the runner that you want to be to really help you to tap into that potential that you have. Excellent. What's the website again? Fivedayrunningchallenge.com. Nailed it. All right. So let's jump into our episode today. All right. So we got six. We've got six. Six on the list of six common running mistakes. Um, I tried to put them in some semblance of order of what what I kind of feel as though is a good one to really start for. It's at the core of everything that, that we are here at Real Life Runners. Issue number one, runners who don't identify as a runner. Yeah, that is definitely a common mistake that we see a lot of people making. They say, well, you know, I run, but I'm not really a runner. Ah, the I run, but I'm not a real runner. Or I just really go out and jog sometimes. Sometimes I jog. (laughs) 
<laughs> you yog? yog. Do, do you yodel too? <laughs> no, I just yog. <laughs> but there's a lot of qualifiers that people like to put on themselves and they don't just accept the fact that they are a runner. And there are so many issues with this, right? Like number one is just the mindset behind it. Like if you can't even accept the identity of runner and say, yes, I am a runner, how do you actually expect to improve? Because if you don't identify as that person, you're not going to do the things that that person would do. Like you automatically give yourself an out. Yeah, no, you don't ever have to actually push when anything gets challenging because you're not a real runner. No, you just run sometimes. <laughs> you do sometimes run. Uh, today's a little hard. Well, today I'm not a runner. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I've got an off day. Right, and obviously it's not that obvious, right? No, it'd like, be great if it was. People, people don't <laughs> talk to themselves like that, especially with their hands on their hips like Kevin just did. Actually, when I have those conversations <laughs> inside my head, I like to put my hands on the hips and then lean to the left and the right and have the conversation back and forth. Power pose. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, identifying yourself as a runner is step one, okay? Just the simple phrase, I am a runner, does that resonate with you? Can you say 100% I am a runner? Or does that phrase just feel icky? Does it feel like like you it doesn't resonate with you like i okay like like it's kind of feels off like if if you have that off feeling then you're making this mistake yeah and it's this is both the easiest and hardest step mm. because the statement I am a runner is really not that many words. You can say those words. That's not physically difficult to say Mm -hmm. I am a runner, but to say it and then not have it give you like weird feelings inside is a little trickier. It is. And it's, it's about believing it. It's saying it, but it's also 100% believing it to your core. And I know that I had this issue for a long time. I definitely did not believe I was a runner because I just ran to get in shape. I ran to lose weight. I ran um, because my friends and I would go to the gym after class when I was in grad school and I would just run on the treadmill because I wanted to be in good shape. Like I always thought of myself as an athlete, but I never thought of myself as a I shouldn't say never, but it took me a while to think of myself as a runner. Right. And I mean, I put myself as a qualified runner for a long time also. Yeah. Like I used to be more of a running snob, mm-hmm. but I wasn't fast enough to keep up when I hit college and I found even more running snobs. So then I was floating in this part of like, well, I don't want to be just like a guy that trains to be in good shape, but I'm not fast enough to go with those guys. And turns out, actually, I do want to be just a guy who trains to be in really good shape because... Isn't that what we all want to do is just be in really good shape? Yeah, for sure. And that definition looks different for everyone. Yeah. And that's totally cool, right? And that's one of the reasons we tell people don't put any sort of qualifier on it either. Like maybe you can accept the fact that I'm a runner, but you're like, oh, well, I'm a runner, but I'm a slow runner or I'm a mid-pack runner or I'm a back-of-the-pack runner like, or I'm a competitive runner. Like, And then like this is kind of what you were saying, right? Like when you – you were very competitive for a long time. I was a competitive runner until I hit college and I was a back of the pack runner because my team included a dude who was going sub four in the mile. Right. Like I was at the back of that pack. You're at a division one <laughs> university team. Like those are the elite of the elite, right? And so if you then no longer identify, oh, I'm not competitive anymore at this level, then where am I? Right. So then I floated for a while. Yeah. And like, you know, that's one end of the spectrum. I just believed I was slow. And so I wasn't really a runner and I would never tell people I'm a runner because I didn't really look like a runner either. Right. That was like the other thing in my head. Also false because runners come in all shapes, sizes, age, body types. I mean, you name it. 
we look like you, I, and everyone else around Everybody, that you can see on the street. Right. You go running. You've passed. You can check off. You're a runner. Mm-hmm. Like if you lace them up and head out, you're good. And if right. you're still running barefoot, God bless. Yeah. You're still a runner. <laughs> and why is it so important for us to take on this identity? Let's talk about that. All right. Well, your body isn't going places that your mind doesn't think it can go. So if you've not wrapped your head around, I'm a runner, then your body's not going to follow the path. Your body's not going to do the things that runners do. Your body's just going to be like, eh, okay, I sometimes run, but at my core, I'm not a runner, so I don't have to do all of these things. You you skip several steps. It gives you the built-in excuse. Right. Because we operate, the way that our brain works is... It find, tries to find evidence to whatever we tell it, okay? So if we tell our brain that we're a slow runner, then it's going to continuously try to find evidence that we are a slow runner. If we then change it and we just take away the word slow and just say, I am a runner, then your brain's going to try to find more evidence to support that. So your brain and your body literally will do whatever you tell it to do. Like you are in full control of your thoughts and your thoughts then control everything else that happens after that. Right. So the only adjective that you're allowed to put in, in there of I am a blank runner is real life. Real life. There you go. There you go. Is that considered one adjective or two? It's really an adverb and an adjective or a double adjective? What's going on there? I'm a science and math teacher. I know. We need, we need our English teachers to... Uh, Send us a, a message there. My English teacher <laughs> friend is not a runner. Because we're not hyphenated. We are definitely not hyphenated. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I will I will ask. It'd be an adverb and an adjective. Uh, you know what? When we post this thing on social media and the link to everything, I will comment below with the expert English advice from my <laughs> high school friends. So tell yourself that you are a runner. Start there. If you don't believe it, start with a a thought that's a little bit more believable. That's, you know, I'm someone that is becoming a runner, okay? Uh, The bridge. The bridge thought, right? Or the ladder thought. Like, start to work your way there, but that's really where you need to get. If you want to be a runner that is able to improve, that is able to find joy in things, that is able to really live into this thing we call running, you have to accept the identity of runner. Yeah, 100%. All yeah. right, number Got any two. Got more on that one? We're good. I think we're good. All right, number two. They only run one pace. Mm-hmm. Just one. Every day, every, every day they go out and run. Maybe it's three times a week, four times a week, whatever it is. But every time they do it, they've got their loop and they've got their pace. Mm-hmm. So it takes roughly the same amount of time every time they do it. Right. Consistency is great, right? Consistency is key, right? Like if you are going to improve at anything, you need to be consistent. And I'm sure you've probably heard that. But this also tends to lead runners to a point of frustration, right? They're like, well, I'm being consistent. I'm going out and I'm running every day. Why am I not getting faster? Yes. And doctor, why are they not getting faster? Well, because they're doing the same thing all the time, right? And so what happens is our body adapts. Our body likes what's called homeostasis, right? So homeostasis. Our body likes to be in alignment, in balance. And so maybe for a while, those three miles, those five miles, whatever your typical loop is, felt a little challenging. And then the more you did it, the better you got at it. But if you went out and basically ran that same loop at that same pace over and over again, it's probably much easier than it was when you started. But you're wondering why you haven't 
improved? And the answer is because you haven't tried to improve. Like, have you really tried to get faster? Have you played with different paces? Are you trying to push faster? Are you are you just kind of going out and trying to hit that medium moderate level that most runners kind of default into anytime they go out to run right because when you live in that moderate pace you never push too hard that you get super sore and you never go super easy that you let the body recover you just kind of hang out at that middle gray area day after day and the body adapts to it mm-hmm. and it becomes really really good at running at that pace mm-hmm. so then if you ever get in a race and you try and push a little bit faster the body doesn't know what you're doing yeah i mean the, our body is built to become more efficient at everything we do. Like our body is such an amazing machine because it's our body's job to keep us alive. So if we go out and we're trying to, you know, work on something like running, then say the first time you go out and you do that loop, maybe you burn 300 calories, right? Then you go and do it again. And they're like, but your body's like, oh, I remember this. And so for, for a little while, you probably burn the same amount, but then your body's like, oh, I know this. Like, we're good with this. Like, maybe I don't have to use as much fuel as I did before, right? So then some people get really frustrated, right? Yep. Especially people that are going out and want the calorie burn. They're doing this to lose weight, to, to cut calories out of their, you know, diet or whatever. And they see, they're like, I don't understand why I'm burning less calories. This makes no sense. And it's, well, actually, it makes perfect sense. And that's <laughs> proof that your body is doing an amazing job at keeping you alive, right? Because the more you do something and the more consistent you are with that thing, your body just becomes so efficient at it that you don't need as much energy to do it anymore. Right. I mean, there's this thing like in the in the diet culture of estimated of how many calories you burn doing all sorts of activities. Like, how many calories do you burn brushing your teeth? But depends. Like, are you like five and brushing your teeth? Because you're still super awkward and the toothbrush is flying mm-hmm. all over your face. I brush my teeth still pretty much half asleep. I know you brush your teeth in the morning still half asleep. <laughs> I mean, it's still dark outside. I, I wait until after I run because I run solo, so I don't worry about brushing my teeth when you I go. You don't brush your teeth before you run? Not in the morning. Really? I make no noise in the morning I before know, I run. You, you I just are, slide out the door like a ninja <laughs> and then head off on my run. That's very true. I don't see anybody, so I'm totally yeah. good. I um, brush my teeth and wash my face before all my runs. Right, but you burn fewer calories brushing your teeth now than you used to like 30 years ago. Probably true. Like you just your body gets better at everything right. that it does the more mm-hmm. it does it. Exactly. And so that's one of the reasons that if you're going out and running the same pace and the same distance all the time, you're going to improve to a point and then you're going to hit that dreaded plateau that runners always hate. Right. So running the same loop, running the same pace, this may be the simplest path, but it's not actually going to be the path to improvement. You want to make gains, you have to move outside of your comfort zone, and there's two ways to move outside of that comfort zone. You could go up or down. Mm-hmm. You can go faster or slower. We, we, and we definitely recommend going slower. Right. Which I mean, blows people's minds. And if you're a part of our five-day running challenge next week, we are going to talk about this in greater detail. And you are going to understand the amazing benefits of changing your pace and going a little slower sometimes. Yeah. I don't want to dive into this too much because you should sign up at 5dayrunningchallenge.com. But... That's that's a big one is mm-hmm. your change of pace, your mixing it up does not always have to be like, oh, I don't want to go harder today. Okay, go easier. Mm-hmm. And that's still mixing it up. That's still making your body do new things. Right. And so then your body's like, wait, what's going on now? Like, And you're 
then keeping your body guessing more, right? So then your body's like, well, I don't know this, so I have to figure out how to do this. And so that's what's going to, when you change things, that's what's going to lead your body to actually start to change, right? If you want to improve, improvement is change, okay? So don't think that if you run slower, you're just going to continue to get slower. That's just not true at all. And again, we'll talk more about that next week. But you need to be running at different paces. You should be doing slower runs. You should be doing those medium runs. And you should be doing faster runs um, at shorter intervals, faster runs. And again, we'll talk about all this next week. But you need to change up what paces you're running, what distances you're running, so that your body will continue to make different adaptations so that you will continue to improve. Right. The same pace every day is great. It's a great system unless your goal is actually improvement and then you totally have to mix things up. All right. Number three, running air. Runners don't see running as a skill that they can actually physically improve at. Ooh. They they think well, running is, is a simple thing. Like, I've been running for years. I started running when I was, like, four because, you know, the ball was down the street and kids just go taking off after the ball. Like, running doesn't seem like the most complicated thing because kids can do it. It's in the middle of all sports. Right. So it's just running. And, and for a lot of sports, it's punishment. Well, yes, for a lot of sports, it's punishment, but that's not where we're at here. Let's stay on point, okay? <laughs> um, that people don't see running as a skill because, well, it's just running, but it is a skill. Right. Like there is, there is a, a more proper way of running. There is a mechanics that helps your body move in a more efficient manner. Right. I mean, look at swimming, right? Like you learn swimming as a kid too. Most of us, especially down here in Florida, it's pretty much mandatory that all kids learn how to swim. But when you learn how to swim, that's a lot different than being Michael Phelps and swimming in the Olympics. 100%. You can throw me into a pool. I took years of swim lessons. Mm -hmm. I will never beat anybody in a swim race because, well, I can... You beat me. (laughs) I I think part of that's because you're so much longer. Right. I can beat you (laughs) in a length of the pool. But if we had to go, like, down, back, down, back, you would beat me because you can breathe correctly when you swim. Mm. And I just... I don't know what reason. I think mainly because swimming was never a thing that I, like, inherently deeply connected to that I wanted to get better at. So I just... The whole idea of one, two bubbles breathe, I can't blow bubbles into the water. So I breathe in and out every time I take my head out of the water. Mm -hmm. And eventually I'm gasping for breath. (laughs) But yeah, so just like swimming, right? Like swimming, you can swim, right? There are people that can go out into the ocean, that then get into a pool and they can swim from one end to the other. That's much different than the actual skill of swimming when you become a swimmer, especially if you are swimming competitively. Same thing for running. Running there's a difference between running down the block and then actually training to run like professional and elite runners do. But not only that, okay, you don't have to be a professional elite runner to train the skill of running. Like there are still ways that you can improve your runs and the way that your body is actually moving so that you become more coordinated and improve the efficiency of your body and the form while you're running. So when you look at running as a skill that can be improved, you are more likely to actually do some of these little things to improve it. Right. I mean, that's that's pretty much lays it out there. That's yeah, nice. I mean, it, it sounds so simple, right? Yeah. It sounds ridiculous, but a lot of people are never like, oh yeah, running's a skill that I can work at. Like, you can actually break running down and work on 
specific skills like arm swing, like posture, like cadence, like your foot strike on the ground. Like those are different things that you can work on to actually improve the efficiency of your running gait. Right. And the trick with improving your running form, your running skills is that it's a long, slow road full of many, many tiny, tiny steps because mm-hmm. you try and change one thing and all of these parts are sort of connected to each right. other. So you change the way your foot lands and it changes your posture. So then you have to refix your posture and maintain your foot strike and now your arm is swinging in a funny way and or your arm swings. So you're, because your arm swings funny, your leg naturally swings funny. So when you fix your arm swing, your leg naturally fixes itself. Sometimes you get a twofer on that one but sometimes you fix one thing and another thing goes haywire so it's a it's a slow process but it will eventually pay off and there's multiple reasons to do it i would say for sure and if you go to like the i mean if you go to the olympics then you're very lucky but if you watch the olympics right or if you go to even a local road race or a bigger road race like a marathon in a major city you're going to see these runners, elite professional runners or runners that have been running for 20, 30 years in training, still doing running drills and still doing a very specific warm up because they're tuning up their skills before they race. Yeah, no, 100%. And I mean, if you head to a race or, you know, in the current environment, if you just think back into the distant past <laughs> when the, you were last at a race, perhaps, right. um, you say go to the Olympics. It's debatable right now whether they're going to have oh, fans. I, but, oh, but they're still going to compete? Oh, no. They've come out with this is how we're going to have Olympics. Oh. If they have fans, they're encouraging them to applaud but not yell, mm. which should be an interesting experience. Yeah, just right? don't cheer, but you can clap. Mm. Um so anyway, um, if you think back to the last race, you got all sorts of different forms out there, but as you get faster and faster, as you move towards the front of the pack, the forms all kind of tend to start looking the same. Mm-hmm. They're not exactly the same. Right. Like if you ask an exercise physiologist, they would tell you the exact perfect form and, you know, this is the appropriate angle to stand relative to the ground and your arms move exactly like this. Yeah. But you have crazy elite athletes who have form that on paper isn't perfect and yet they're breaking two hours in the marathon right exactly so form is different for everybody and we go into this in great detail inside our real life runners training team and our running academy we will be addressing form a little bit next week also in the five-day running challenge but the mistake number three that we're talking about here is that running is a skill that can be improved. So you need to actually view it as such. You need to view it as a skill that you can improve and then actually do the things to improve it. Right. Because once you improve that skill, it also sets you up to be less prone to injury. Yes. Because you're moving your body in a more efficient, more neutral form. I there think. we go. All right. On to mistake number four. The mistake number four that many runners are making is that they don't value recovery. Oh, this one's brutal. It is brutal, and it hits hard. It hits home pretty hard, right? Yeah, I mean, it hits it hits both of us um, for for various reasons. That's true. Um, but there's there's a few different ways that this guy comes in. When running's a mean to an ends, like okay. I run so that I can hit a faster time on the clock. Like, I'm going to go out and hit my training pace today, my my workout today, my long run, whatever it is, so that I can eventually run a PR. Then you're going to just keep pushing. 
Like you don't want to have a pullback day. You want to just keep pushing and see how hard you can push and how far you can push. And eventually something's going to break. Right. And it's the same thing if you see running as a means to an end, such as weight loss, right? Like a lot of times, I know that's how I originally got into running was to, to lose weight and to basically tone up and get more fit, right? And so when you're in that mentality, that then you tend to be more in that diet mentality where you're just in it to burn calories. So if you're in it to burn calories, you want to push hard, right? Because you want to try to maximize the effectiveness of that workout every single time. Right. But that's where some of the joy gets taken out of running. Because if running is simply a means to an ends and running isn't the ends, like running is the thing. Running is the process. Yeah, Run, the, the process is in the journey. Right. The journey is where the fun comes in. To be able to go out and run, that's the amazing experience. You know, if you get to a race and you drop drop a PR or whatever it is, sure, that's great. But the experience of what happened in the several months building up to that, that's where the that's where it lied. That's mm-hmm. where the joy was. That's where the excitement was. And you go back and you look over that, the time window of running a 5k personal best is such a small time frame relative to the months of preparation that went into that. So if you can't savor the months of training, when you hit that personal best, you're going to enjoy it for such a fleeting period of time before your brain goes, okay, what's next? Mm -hmm. Okay. How much faster? You got to enjoy the actual training process. Right. And so to improve as a runner, you have to balance the push and the pull of the easy days and the hard days. There needs to be a balance. Like you cannot go out and push hard all the time. You will get injured. You will plateau and not improve. Like you, and you just won't enjoy it. Like Kevin said, right? Like you'll, it'll just take all the fun right out of it. So you have to have the easy days and then you have to sprinkle in the hard days, but the majority of your running should be at an easy pace. Right. And then you sprinkle in the rest of the stuff. And there is plenty of the rest of the stuff, but most of your running should be at a, at a pretty easy pace, a, a relatively comfortable pace. Right. And you should also be taking rest days as needed, right? So that's different for everybody. Like some people like one rest day a week. Some people like two, some people like to put rest days on a 10 day cycle or whatever. So it looks different for everybody, but you need to be building in rest days and recovery. And recovery also includes the amount of sleep that you're getting, the amount of just relaxing that you're doing like if your life is just if you're like a type a type of personality and your life is so stressful and you never really have downtime you're just running yourself into the ground yes literally running yourself into the ground and then you try and stick another hard workout in and be like "Ah, i guess i could only maybe get four hours of sleep tonight but at least i've i got my run in and eventually that catches up with you Mm -hmm. and you know then you have multiple seizures inside of a year and then you have a company driven to make sure that no one else falls into that boat because let's all run healthy and just keep staying strong right I mean, that's the thing, like you, 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 you can only get so far pushing yourself to that extreme. Yes. Right. Yes. Eventually you need to make sure that you're recovering enough and that recovery needs to be physical and mental. You need downtime for your body. You need downtime for your head. You need to sleep on occasion. It's okay if you skip a run because, you know, 
all sorts of other stuff piled up, like the, the training plan, you can get back to it the next day. Like missing a day doesn't mean that it's derailed and you'll never hit another personal best. You can get back to it. Sometimes you have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself as a big picture and not just yourself only as a runner. Like I am a runner, but I'm also a whole body human, mind, body, and spirit. And I need to take care of all of that. Yeah. And I think that this is one of the other downfalls of social media, right? Because we want to post our runs. Like a lot of us are in running groups. If you're in our real life runners tribe, we hope that you're in there posting regularly. We love to see your posts about your runs, but everyone loves to post about their speed work, right? And less people like to post about those easy <laughs> level two recovery runs. Like, oh, I went out and ran it, you know. 11 minute pace or 1030 pace or whatever, like people are much more excited to post like I hit a seven minute mile today or an eight minute mile, yeah. you know, I look just, at these quarter repeats, right? Like, cause it, and that's the fun stuff, right? And there's nothing wrong with wanting to post those things, but it's also okay to post the easy stuff too. Right. And it, it kind of like takes us to the idea of like, well, who are you actually running for? Like, are you just running so that you can post these workouts on social media and feel good about it? Like, is that what's actually making you feel good when, like, other people then comment or like it and say how fast it was or how awesome it was? Like, or is it because you're actually enjoying it and you actually are valuing this training and doing your training in a smart way that's allowing yourself to recover in between all of those harder efforts. That goes to the whole running is a big journey. It's not just trying to get to the next workout so that that workout can hit social media and look as cool as possible and then get to the next workout so that one can post and look as cool as possible. It's just actually enjoying all of the runs or the days that aren't a run. That's why it's fun every once in a while when people post up in the tribe of didn't run today, this is a picture of me foam rolling. Like, <laughs> Because that's also part of it. That's part of the journey, you know, like run hard when you need to run easy when you need to and rest when you need to. They all they all go in there. They're they all, all part of it. They all need to work together. And these are the kinds of things that we help the team, like our the members of our team, our training team, figure out what balance is right for them. Because you need to find the right balance for you. And that's different than every other person on the planet, right? Oh. That's the thing. It's like if you are 30 and single, that's different than someone that might is be 45 with three kids, running them to practices every single night of the week and working full time. Like there's a lot of differences in our lifestyle. And so you need a training plan and a, a rest and recovery plan that works for you. So you need to value recovery. Okay, so on to mistake number five. Mistake number five, they copy other runners. Uh-oh. This is a social media issue also. It is a social media Because people media. love posting their workouts. Mm-hmm. And then you see one and you're like, oh, well, they look really fast. That workout looks kind of fun. I should do that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, then you do the workout and it was a hard one. And you're like, oh, well, that was good. But look at this other workout that I found. Yep. That looks like fun. And they look pretty fast. In fact, I know them and they are fast. I'm going to do their workout. Mm-hmm. Now you're just on a string of workouts that you found on social media. Right. That's not a training plan. Right. And, and, and that's also you make a very good point about copying different people also yes. right because like it maybe it's one thing if you're like trying to copy someone else like that someone that you are similar to and you watch their workouts and then you do their workouts i mean that has that's an issue in and of itself right because you you actually don't know that person in and out like unless you live with that person and even so you you're still not in their body 
right? And so you you shouldn't be doing the same exact training plan as someone else necessarily. Like it could work, but would it be the same? Would it be ideal for you? Right. And I mean, this is a trap if a lot of like elite runners will post their training plans mm. of, you know, this was my buildup heading into the Boston Marathon. Yeah. And people will be like, oh, well, I'm going to take their training plan and then just scale it back to my mileage. Mm. It's like, well, then you're not really actually doing their training plan. Right. Like, you're probably not recovering at the level that that, like, elite athlete is running. Right, because naps are, like, a part of their training schedule. Right. If you have, like, a full-blown sponsored elite athlete, they're able to get that in. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of, like, semi-professional runners that are working legitimate jobs, but they also super prioritize unbelievable recovery and you know whether they they're fully sponsored or partially whatever they're getting the help from like a physical therapist and massage therapist and nutritionist they're getting help they probably have a training team and a coach and stuff that's helping with all of this stuff of trying to put it all together so if all you do is see like the running workouts on a calendar and do that that's not even their training plan Mm -hmm. okay let alone if you take multiple plans all right, I like this elite athlete. I like that elite athlete. They're coached by different people. Why don't I take both their plans and see which parts I like the best? That's going to cause a problem also. I mean, it may or it may not, right? But will it be the best plan for you? Probably not. Right, right. And I think one of the issues of that one is when people look at multiple training plans, they tend to pick and choose the parts that they like the best. Right, which are often the parts that you don't need that much. Because it's the parts that you're already good at. Right, exactly. Like, <laughs> And that's why it's so important to have a training plan a lot of times created by someone else because we just do this naturally. Like I know that I kind of made my own training plan um, over the past few months, like leading up to my virtual half marathon. And there was definitely workouts that I just skipped that I did not because I was like, eh, like I don't want to do that today. This one looks fun today. And so I did a lot of this one looks fun or the person that I'm running with would enjoy this one, you know, and that was not the best way for me to train myself. Because then it wasn't your training plan. It wasn't optimized for you. Mm -hmm. Like when I make a training plan for myself, I always make sure that at least every couple of weeks there's something that's in there that's just like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I really should do that. Yeah. And like if you got that feeling about, oh, that's going to be rough, that's that, that's probably a proper training plan mm-hmm. for you because there should be some stuff in there that's like, all right, I'm, I know I need to do that because that's the, the work I need to do yeah. to get the goals that I want. But I'm not super comfortable doing that one. Totally. And like I'm I'm on a training plan now where I'm definitely feeling uncomfortable, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like oh God, like my workout yesterday, I put it off because I didn't want to do it. Like, and I was, I was noticing my thoughts, like even the day before. And then that day about how negatively I was speaking to myself about that workout. And I was like, stop it, you know, trying to retrain and reframe and do all the things. But I just knew it was going to hurt. Like, and it was like, I don't want to do it. But it's like, but you have to do these things if you want to get better. So copying other people is not necessarily the best way for improvement right one of the other issues that pops up when copying other people is you don't ride out that training plan for long enough Mm, that's a good point hey 
And you don't always know the the build-up to that training plan either, right? Yeah. Like, a lot of times people go through, like, base building phases or down cycles or other things before they jump into that training plan, which may have looked completely different than what you're doing. Right. Yeah. If you're like, these are the three months before I ran a marathon. Okay, cool. Those would be the three months before. What were the three months before that? And the three months before that. Yeah. Like, what did you do the past year? And the 15 years before that. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a there's a building process and it's it's a continuous growth process so if you look at a plan and you're like okay that i think i could follow that plan even if you follow all the aspects of it and it's not giving you results after the course of like one or two weeks some people will then jump to a new one that's true and here's because everybody wants the plan that guarantees the result but here's where your guarantee comes in follow a plan and write it through because consistency As long as, you know, like we said before, you can't just do the same thing day after day, but consistency with the same general guideline of a plan day in and day out and month in and month out, that's going to lead to long-term success. Right. Like you can't just hop from plan to plan because it's not going well for the first couple of weeks. You're not doing that plan as a whole, right? Like I know a lot of our training plans, the way that Kevin has them structured, um, like there is one thing called like the funnel technique or the funnel method where it's like you start with um, like faster, shorter paces and you kind of funnel down towards. And so like there, maybe you didn't like the first month of that plan, but that month was necessary to get you to month two, which was necessary to get you to month three because it's a funnel. Like, and all of the workouts like build on each other and are building different aspects of your training to get you primed for race day. Yeah, so you miss, you're like, oh, well, I don't enjoy the workouts from the first month, so I'm going to do this instead. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, but then you don't have the setup for month two, which is ultimately building to the race. I was listening to a podcast like a month ago about an ultra marathoner, and he found a training plan, and it was broken into four sections of it. And the way that the weather worked out and his training worked out, he completely skipped section two. And it was only like a month long. Yeah. It was a long first section and a long third and a long fourth. And he skipped the middle month. And he showed up at the race and just completely just like halfway through, like everything was gone. It's like my legs are like lead. I just, I don't know what's going on. And his coach or he got in contact with the guy who designed the training plan. Mm -hmm. He goes, I followed the plan. This is how I felt afterwards. He goes, you didn't follow the plan. You skipped all of section two, didn't you? Like, based off of how he felt in the results, he goes, you've skipped section two. (laughs) He goes, well, I mean, I did some. He goes, you didn't. You skipped section two. (laughs) He knew it. He knew it. And he went back and he did the full year training plan, all of the sections, crushed his next race. You can't pick and choose bits and pieces Mm -hmm. when the plan is built for a cohesive three, four months, whatever it is. It's all designed to work together. Yeah, and it, even if it doesn't make sense to you, you need to trust the plan that you've chosen. Yeah. Right? Like, and, and this is the thing. is like once you choose a plan or once you've been given a plan, if you're working with coaches, you need to trust the plan and do the plan as it's written. Like, you cannot start to question, like, well, this doesn't make sense. Like, I'm training for a half marathon. Why in the world am I doing quarter repeats at 5K pace? Like, why am I even doing that? It doesn't even make sense. Like, there is a method to the madness, like training plans that are actually developed by smart coaches that think these things through, like 
our very own Kevin Brown here, they all have a method and you have to trust the plan. If you're going to follow a training plan, which we definitely recommend, you need to follow the plan. Right. And follow all of the plan. And part of this is, is trusting the plan. And part of that is trusting your coaches, which is why it's convenient to listen to your coaches week over week in their, you know, amazing podcast. Yeah. In our podcast and inside our training team where we do live coaching calls. There you go. All right. <laughs> mistake number six. All right. So the, the, Final mistake that we're going to talk about today is that runners don't strength train. Yeah. Or they don't do it enough. Or they don't do the right type of strength training. Or they think they're strength training, but they're not really hitting and targeting the right muscles. Yeah. There's a lot of aspects to this. Yes, there's a lot of aspects. Knocking out curls doesn't count as strength training for runners. I mean, the curls are always nice. The curls have, do. Have some nice biceps. Everybody needs to develop the biceps, right. but it's not super critical for proper running form and technique and longevity. Right. So as a physical therapist, which is me, that is my career, my profession, I understand the importance of strength training and building a strong foundation for runners. I have worked with hundreds, probably thousands of runners at this point in my career, and most runners don't like to strength train. You know, runners like to run. That's what we do, right? So they are like um, resistant to the strength training, right? They're like, do I really need that? Like, I'm a runner. Like, why do I need to strengthen my legs? That doesn't even make sense. Like, there, it does because there are muscles that support you. So you need to build a strong foundation. You need to build those stabilizing muscles to help support your body as a whole so that you can go out and run and not get injured. Right. I think this one kind of connects back to the last one of trying to copy someone else's plan, but only picking the parts that you like. It's one of the pitfalls about runners who kind of shy away from strength training is you do all the running workouts, you get the easy days, the long runs and everything, but you skip the strength. You're missing the foundation that actually allows you to do all of the rest of the stuff. Well, I think that's part of it too, right? People that do post their training schedules online don't always have the strength training even in there. Right. right. They do it. They do it. Like every single elite runner, professional runner does strength training. But sometimes on their training schedule, like this was my build up to this race. I ran a world record. It'll say strength training mm -hmm. because that's where they head in with their strength with coach. With their strength coach. Right. And they go through all of this stuff. Yeah. So then you're left being like, oh, so I should do some strength training there. I guess I'll do, I don't know what, because mm -hmm. it doesn't have the details. Right, exactly. And the details are super important. So this is one of the, the places where a lot of runners get held up because they're not sure what to do, right? They're like, okay, maybe you can even get on board. So like some runners are resistant to even get on board because they're like, I just want to run, right? And then finally they're like, okay, fine. I understand that like I need to do some strength training so that I cannot be injured, but then what do I do? Yeah, if you're still held up on the like, I'm not sure that I should actually strength train. Go back, what, two episodes ago? We had our whole episode on I need to strength train because I'm a runner. Oh, yeah. That was a couple episodes Phenomenal. ago. Phenomenal. Yeah, it was a good one. I mean, we have multiple episodes, so you can go back. This is episode 184, so we have an entire library of free resources for you guys to go back and um, listen to all of our stuff on that. Or you could obviously join the training team, too, where we plan it all out for you. I give you the exact exercises that you need to do so you don't need to figure it out. With a video that shows how to do them. No, there you go. So strength, okay? Strength leads to better running form. When you build your strength, you can improve your running form because the muscles are actually doing their job to stabilize the body, okay? Strength also allows you to keep running and not get injured. Like the, your hips 
are one of the most important muscle groups that you need to worry about if you're a runner, okay? Every runner needs to strengthen their hips. Your glutes need to be stronger. Like, that's just the end of the discussion. <laughs> and period. <laughs> like, Done. You're like, I don't think there's any runner that's like, yeah, my glutes are strong enough. I think I'm good. I, th- I think I can lay off the glute work from now on. I've done it. I've reached my glute. <laughs> I've reached my glute max. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> that was a really good one. But no, like this is one of the things that runners need to do. Okay. So don't be a runner that avoids strength training. Be a runner that strength trains so that you can actually avoid injury and get stronger and get better, right? Because when your muscles are stronger, you're going to be able to get faster too. Right. Like the strength training is what helps support all of these other ones. Like you want to help identify with that identity of I am a runner, then you're going to need to be consistently out there running. And it's hard to be consistently out there running if you're hurt. So strength train so you don't get hurt. You want to have a variety of paces so that you're just not stuck in the same thing. Increase your power through strength training so you can access more paces, whether high paces or low paces, you got better access to them. Like all of this comes back through strength training. It's critical. It starts mental. You need that identity. But if you don't have the strength base, you're going to struggle real quick. Yeah. And this is especially important as we get older. Okay. Like all of us are getting older. That's just the reality of the situation. None of us are getting out of here alive, right? We're all getting older. And as we get older, Our muscles, our bones, our body tissues, they have the tendency to break down. This is a natural aging process. So one of the things that we can do is strength train, especially with resistance. Resistance training can actually improve the health of your bones, can improve the health of your tissues, the elasticity of your tissues, the tension in your tissues, the um, springiness of your tissues, all which tend to decline with age, okay? So one way that we can combat that is through strength training, is through power training and plyometrics and jump training and doing all these things to help support us as a runner. Like it, you're, it will make you a better runner, but it will also just make you a healthier more agile individual like and as we get older we want to maintain that right we want to maintain our strength and our mobility and our agility so that we're not limited and like we can still go out and do whatever we want like we were at the lighthouse um last weekend it was my birthday and we took a little road trip up to St. Augustine and we walked up the lighthouse there was like 219 steps it was it was no big deal right I mean it was we're in good shape And I plan on being able to do that when I'm 60 and when I'm 70. Like, I want this to be no big deal. Like, I want to be able to just go places and do fun things like climb lighthouses and go tour forts and walk miles upon miles per day to, like, see the sights and not have it be an issue. Right, because you could see some other people there that were very, very excited. There were multiple landings that they could sit on a bench on their way up 219 steps. And it wasn't a 1,000 steps. It was 219 steps. There were eight platforms, and there were some people that were taking multiple stops on the way up. And that's, you know, that's not where you want to be, I know. Not where I want to be. All right, so... This is, it's a, it's another aspect that, that runners mistake. And I, I don't want to put it on here as like a seventh, but it kind of falls into this category nicely is. Are you adding in a bonus right yeah, now? Yes, sort of. All right. It's the runners who fail to see themselves as athletes. Okay. Of one of the best ways when, for newer runners, how do you improve is to just generally improve your overall athleticism and you're going to get naturally faster. 
but the back end also works as you get older older runners how are they going to improve just maintain your overall athleticism all aspects of it and you're not going to slow like eventually you're going to hit a time where you're not going to be able to hit the same speed and paces that you could. Like there's going to be an age where the the paces are going to start falling off. So just maintaining your overall athleticism is going to kind of maintain that level for as long as possible. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It actually just made me think of um, something something similar where we talk about um, I'm very passionately – against kids specializing in sports too early right yes because as physical therapists like i see these kids that are getting overuse repetitive use injuries at like such young ages and so what we like to tell people um as pts is that you should have your kids in a variety of different activities right to develop their athleticism to develop different muscles in the body if they're constantly using the same muscles in the same motions over and over and over again they're just going to be prone to problems right they overdevelop certain muscles they underdevelop others whereas if you can put them in multiple sports where they're using different things right like soccer is a much is a much different sport than basketball right it's a bigger court there's different movements involved which is much different than running like track and field like there's different things and different muscles that we use so Let's relate that now to an older population. I never really thought about this until right now. If you're doing different, like if you're only running, if you're only moving in that forward running direction and you're not doing the strength training, you're not doing the lateral movements or the agility work or some of the other mobility stuff that we like to promote, then you're just going to be overdeveloping those, which is putting you at risk for injury, right? For those repetitive use injuries, which you're already prone to as we get older. So it's the same thing, right? Just vary your activities. Vary your activities. That's why you can't just be running the running with the strength training, with the mobility work. Mm-hmm. It's all in there so that you improve overall as an athlete. And overall athletic improvement or maintaining your athleticism will help keep you running as best as possible. And, you know, keep things interesting, which ultimately helps keep the joy. Absolutely. All right, cool. Is there anything else you wanted to address then? Any more bonuses that you want to throw in at the end? No, I think I'm, I think I'm good. <laughs> um, all right, so there we go. So there's our top six with a kind of bonus six and a half. Six-ish. Six-ish. Um, top six common running mistakes that a lot of runners are making and how to avoid them. Okay, so if you have any questions... Shoot us an email. We'd love to hear from you um, and let us know what you learned from this episode, how this improved your running. Um, We'd love to hear from our listeners. So if you haven't yet, head over to 5dayrunningchallenge.com and get yourself signed up. It's totally free. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. This running challenge is good for runners of all levels, okay, because we're going to teach you how to apply it to you wherever that is. Wherever you are on your running journey, whatever it means to you, we're going to help customize these things, right? Teach you how to customize these things um, so that it actually applies to you, okay? So go sign up, 5dayrunningchallenge.com. We will see you inside the challenge next week. We're so excited to get to know you better and help you to become the runner that you actually want to be. Yeah, the five-day challenges are so much fun. So go get signed up for that. Get in it. Well, we got a couple hundred people already in this thing. Mm -hmm. Join the fun. Join the community. It's a blast. It is a blast. All right, guys. So as always, thank 
Thank you so much for joining us. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 184. Now get out there and run your life. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the Real Life Runners training team. It's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material, we apply it, and we take it to the next level. We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life. We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one coaching, along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there.